you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 63rd episode of the Five Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bell, and my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the bassist and co-founder of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea. Born in Melbourne, Australia, Michael Peter Balzari was nicknamed Flea as a teenager based on his inability to sit still. After moving to California, he attended Fairfax High School where he started his lifelong friendship with Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer Anthony Cadis. Originally a jazz trumpet player, Flea later was introduced to rock music and the bass guitar by Hillel Slovak. Flea co-founded the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1984, and since then they released 11 studio albums that have sold over 80 million copies worldwide. In 2012, the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Rolling Stone magazine ranked Flea as the second best bassist of all time. Flea is also the co-founder of the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music, a nonprofit music education organization for underprivileged children. I was very excited to speak to Flea about his relationships, life experiences, and views that he wrote about in his new memoir, Acid for the Children, for this podcast. You yeah. said in the book that you don't have a deep connection with your mom growing up. Yeah. How did that impact your future relationships as you aged? Um, a lot, I think. And I didn't really become aware of that until I was like in my 30s. I'm 57 now. I think that I looked uh, for love in romantic relationships in a way that like came from a place of not feeling you know affectionate and close to my mother and that's not obviously not healthy in a romantic relationship to look for that type of uh, attention and luckily for me and i'm so grateful to have consciously felt the pain of the you know relationship difficulties that i've had and i've managed to grow beyond that so i'm uh one th- you know in one way you know it's very difficult to go through those things um, in another way, I'm grateful because it made me really look at myself and look at relationships and, and forced me to, uh, to want to evolve and change as a human being, you know. And, um, and also, luckily for me, my, my mother's passed away now, but even though we didn't really have the relationship, you know, when I became old enough to look at it with some degree of objectivity, and I could look at the relationship with myself and my mother and, and be but I kind of upset, like, Mom, why didn't you give me this? Why didn't you you know, give me the love that I, I needed. Um, I, once I kind of like got past like realizing it and it being angry about it, then I got to a real healthy place of forgiveness and actually managed to forge a really beautiful relationship with my mother um, as an adult and in her later years. And your, your stepfather, it seemed like he mm-hmm. was a blessing and a curse to you and you feel grateful for your time spent with him. Can mm-hmm. you describe some of the lessons you learned from uh, sharing various experiences with him? Yeah, well, you know, he was he was a difficult person, you know. He was a drug addict and he was prone to really irrational fits of violence and stuff. But he was also an unbelievably great musician 
and he also loved me with everything that he knew how. He just had, a, you know, was battling his own demons and had a really hard time, and you know, it was really scary being around him because we never knew it was all. We were always kind of, you know, trepidatious that he might blow up and rage and destroy the house or whatever. But I also like I learned something from him that only, and it's funny because like when I started writing this book, I mean, I don't know if funny is the right word, but. I learned so much about myself and how I grew in my yearning and my search to get to understand what happened when I was a kid. And I realized that I learned from him that when he played and he was just gone, he played the upright bass and he would play with this like very physical, emotionally, like I'd see him, it meant everything in the world to him when he was playing, that he was taking all the pain and torment of his own life and turning it into something beautiful. And only like when I started writing about it, I realized like that's what I do you know, when I played music, and um, it was such a great lesson, you know, and if it wasn't for him, I probably never would have played music, I mean, I don't know, but um, he, he opened me up to, you know, all the, the limitless and infinite gifts that music has given me, um, in terms of, you know, a place to express myself, and something to focus on, and community, and friends, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, complicated. Yeah. People are complicated. There's never so good guys and bad guys, they're always both. I look at my friends as my family because I'm an only child mm. and you saw your friends as part of your family too. Explain totally. that type of relationship and, yeah. and why you needed that to fill that void. Yeah, well I guess it's sort of like, you know, coming from, you know, I write about it in my book. I grew up, grew up in a very unconventional and oftentimes difficult uh, household, a place where I didn't feel safe. And I also was completely unwatched as a kid. You know, I was out in the street running wild, getting into trouble. And, you know, the friends that I made were really where I looked for family, where I looked for that, like, that bond, that, like, that togetherness and that unity that we all want. You know, we're all yearning for connection, whether it's, you know, an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship or a sense of community or just that feeling of togetherness and, and people being there for each other. It was a perfect setup for a rock band to start because we started and, and we pretty much all came from broken homes and all were running around wild and all um, found you know, profound meaning in our friendship. And to be able to translate that into music, then the music became more than the sum of its parts. Because you feel like the struggle created the stronger bond. It's almost like pledging a fraternity or sorority where if you go through the same things together, you can relate to one another and form stronger relationship as a result. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Historically, people have always viewed vulnerability as a weakness but you view it as a strength. Can you give an example about how when you were vulnerable in one situation in your life, how that drew you closer to someone and improved a relationship you had? I mean, whenever I've been vulnerable with anybody, um, and even if sometimes like my vulnerability might be irrational, like I might have my feelings hurt by you, like you said something hurt my feelings, and, and I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, that made me feel bad, I feel bad. And I'll say, dude, why did you say that? That really hurt my feelings. And you'll be like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. I meant to say, that what you're doing is really beautiful, you know, and I took it as an insult because I heard it the wrong way. And in um, that vulnerability, I'm like, ah, and then we forge a bond because we connected over something, you know what I mean? And um, which has been the case very often, you know, in so many different ways, especially like being a communal creative situation in my band, we get our feelings hurt all the time, you know, and the, the, the willingness to be vulnerable and still express yourself and open yourself up to possibly being hurt. Um, in a romantic relationship, a friendship relationship, a creative relationship, any collaborative effort of any kind um, is a thing that takes courage, but it's where all love is, you know. And, you know, and also like for myself, writing this book, 
It's been an extraordinarily vulnerable feeling, you know, but I think there's value in telling my story, you know, and there was value for me in challenging myself to write, write a piece of literature that I thought could be a contribution to the world of books, you know, like it was scary because I thought it was a good chance I might fail. But I knew I had to do it on my own. I knew I had to, it had to be my voice and nobody else's. And I had to, you know, sink or swim. So that's what I did. And what's your best piece of career advice? My best piece of career advice is to work from a place of love. And how do you go about doing that? What are um, the first steps? The first step is, is, you know, asking yourself, is this act that I'm doing, is it coming from love or is it coming from fear? And if it's coming from love, continue to move in that direction. Yeah, if you're coming from love, it will guide you in the right direction. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Flea. To follow his journey, you can read his memoir, Acid for the Children, and find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where he shares his memories, performances, pictures with his friends, travels, and dance moves. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.